All right. Get your Bible out and go to John 14, 6. And, and I'm, going, I'm going to read some stuff to you. Hallelujah. We, we've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And, and I don't, I guess I hate to use the word feel, but I don't feel in my heart to get there today, tonight. I, I have some things I want to cover before we do, before we ever even get there, we need to talk about the Holy Ghost. Because you're not really receiving the gifts. The Holy Ghost has the gifts. You're really walking in the Spirit. Now, people say, well, I, I have the Holy Ghost. I'm born of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I understand. But we're going to talk about the difference and, and why, why you have the Holy Ghost. So listen to this. And I wrote this down. I wrote some stuff down for you. The reason, the real purpose of becoming a Christian is not so you will be saved from hell or to be saved to go to heaven. It is to become a child of God with the character of Jesus and stand before men. Now think about what I just said because... because if you hear messages preached in churches today, everything is come to Jesus and go to heaven. Now listen to my statement right now. That is a massively selfish reason to get saved. Well, I'm just going to come to Jesus and go to heaven. Folks, that's not why Jesus came. Jesus didn't come to give you a mansion in heaven or just to take you to heaven. Do you get to go? Yes. That's like getting married so you can get a dishwasher. <laughs> or a maid. Or a maid or, or a house. You got married. You were married a man. You, you came to Jesus to have a relationship with God. Amen. That's the only reason you came to. And if you didn't come for that reason then you're not ever going to walk with God. Now listen to this next statement. I'm going to say something. I want you all to hang on to my words. Until you are living to please God, you'll never be holy. You'll just be selfish all your life. This is the reason why we have a dysfunctional church in America. Because people are just coming to church. Well... I accepted Jesus and I'm on my way to heaven and everything else in the dash is about you. There's, no, there's nothing in there about anybody else. But, but you came, Jesus came to give you, well, it says to give you life. Put that back on the screen. And to give you life abundantly. That word is not so that you can have an abundance of truth. An abundance of life. In other words, I came to give you a good life so you can have a nice house and a nice car and have an abundance of stuff. That's not why he came. I came that you might have Zoe, the life of God, and you might have the life of God in abundance. No person from Adam to Jesus had the life of God in them. Nobody had the life of God. Nobody had the Holy Ghost in them. 
Elijah didn't have the Holy Ghost in him. David never had the Holy Ghost in him. Moses never had the Holy Ghost in him. They had the Holy Ghost on them. Now look what they did with the Holy Ghost on them. But Jesus, everything he did, the, 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 the reason he went to the cross was so that you could come back to God and walk with God. That's why he came. Now, now I, I told you to John 14, 6. Look at this. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to heaven but by me. Right? No. Read it. That's why I put it on the screen so you can read it. Now, I'm going to tell you, every country western song in the world has that in what I just said. I'm on my way to heaven. Journey gets sweeter every day. I got a mansion in glory. Don't shout me down. Jesus didn't die to give you real estate. Nothing to do with real estate. Boy, y'all are going to liven up. I'm going to keep y'all at midnight. I am the way to heaven, the truth, and the life. No one comes to heaven but through me. What's it say? Did it say anything in there about heaven? But yet we've read that in every church since the day you were, you know, did the flannel graphs. And as you've heard that in every church service you've ever been in in your life, Jesus came to take you to heaven. And he didn't. Let's go to, let's go to the next one. No one comes to who? The Father. Jesus came to bring you back to God and a relationship with God and to make you equal with God so you could walk with him. He made you righteous so you could walk with him. The only reason you're saved is to bring God glory and to walk with God. Now, there's a lot of benefits in that. Don't shout me down. Now, let's go to the next one. Just, I'm the way, truth, and light. No man's get the Father by me. Let's go to the next one. Seven. If you had known me, you would have known who? And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Go to the next one. Philip said, Lord, show us heaven so it's sufficient for us. No, show us the Father and it sufficeth us. Go to the nine. Jesus said, have I been so long with you and you have not known me, Peter? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Jesus is the express image of God. So here's another thing. Stop for a minute. Why do we, why do we, why do everybody in church, every numb nut knucklehead talks about how God made them sick so that God would get glory. If Jesus is the express image of God, you don't have to wonder what God looks like. He showed you what he looked like. If you see Jesus, you can see God. How many people he makes it? Well, then where did that doctrine come from? Right out of hell, ain't anywhere, it ain't even your Bible. It's not in your Bible. And yet it's a major doctrine in the church, in every church in America today. It's a lie. Wow. See, this is why people don't get healed. This is, people come to church, they're scared to death of God. They just want to make sure they don't go to hell. And they certainly aren't going to get too close to him. Have I been so long with you? If you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. Whatever the Father's like, he, you, you don't have to wonder. I, I wonder who can tell what God will do. Well, I'll tell you exactly what he'll do. 
It's not a mystery anymore. He'll do exactly what Jesus did. Religion is a mess. Okay. Have I been so long with you? Have you not seen me? seen the Father? Show, how can you say, show us the Father? Let's go, to, let's go to 10. Do you believe that I'm in the Father and the Father in me? The words I spoke to you, I don't speak them on my own, but the Father dwells in me, does the works. Keep going. Believe that I'm in the Father and Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Let's go to 12. Most assuredly, I say to he that believes in me, the works I do, he'll do also in greater works than he'll do because I go to my Father. Let's keep going. And whatever you ask in my name, I'll do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Look at the next one. It'll blow your mind. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. I think it's the next one. If not, I got to get my Bible out. I got to get my Bible out. Yep, go back up. Okay, I messed up. Go to 14.1. Go to 14.1. Pop it back up there. This is why I skipped it. And we'll give Betty a little bit of time. Let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. That's where we get the doctrine. But the Greek word there has nothing to do with a house. That word mansion is the Greek word dwelling place. In my Father's presence. In my Father's presence is many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, I'm going to go make a place for you in God. Do you understand what he just said? He's not, he's not talking about real estate. In my father's presence, not house, are many mansions or many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, I'm going to go make a place for you. Did he do that? Yes, he did. When he, he, and, and he's not coming back again to give you a mansion. I'm not saying there's not mansions in heaven. So don't, don't look at me and go, pastor said there's no mansions in heaven. Well, there's probably are mansions in heaven. But I hope that you don't miss the point here. The reason for being a born-again Christian, when Jesus rose from the dead, you had no place in God. You were unable to approach God except by the blood of Jesus. So when he rose from the dead, he opened the door for us to enter the throne room of God free from sin, free from guilt, free from shame, and to be born again and to receive the life of God inside of us, making us one with God. And now if any man is in Christ, if you're in Christ, you're in God. If you're in Christ, you're in God. He made a place for you in God. God. So the gift to the world is Jesus. What is the gift to the church? The Holy Ghost. The world needs Jesus, but the church needs the Holy Ghost. So God, listen, now just, just hang on to your hats. He didn't come so you could go to heaven. You are going but he brought you to God, washed you from your sins, so that God wanted to give you something that he couldn't give you because you were in your sin. But once you were washed in your sin and back in fellowship with God, God had a gift to give to you, the church. The gift he gave 
to you is the person of the Holy Ghost. That makes you the authority over all the work of the enemy because now you are more powerful than hell. The gifts are not gifts in the sense that if, that if I pulled out a pocket knife and I said to Mike, here, I want to give you a gift, that would be his to do what he wants to with. The gifts are not yours in the sense you can do what you want to with them. It's like being in the military. They gave you an airplane, but you really can't take your family up in it. You, it's your airplane. Got your name on it. But you're only going where they say go and doing in it what they say do. So the gifts were given to you, but they're really not gifts in that sense. He gave you the Holy Ghost, and he has the gifts. Well, y'all are exciting to preach to. This is the reason I just explained why the the vast majority of the church has never accepted being filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, I don't need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I have Jesus and I'm going to heaven. And that's all I want. I just want to go to heaven. That's it. Nothing else. I don't want anything else. Maybe if I get sick, heal me. If I get in trouble, get me out. But other than that, just kind of leave me alone. Let me do my thing. And then one day I'll die and, and then I'll get to sing, uh, I'll fly away. That's the church in America. And most of the sermons, the vast majority of them, just deal with relationships with you and people and stuff and success. It's just a bunch of man-made mess. And the church is messed up today. And we're not affecting the world because the world has never seen Jesus. They're not ever going to see him until they see him in you. So so God's desire, no, no, I want to take you over someplace and show you something. Go to Ephesians 4. I don't know whether I gave you that or not. Go to Ephesians 4. Are you all ready for this? See, if, if, you don't, if you don't get this, I'm going to say something and brag on myself. I just made you smarter than 999% of the Christians you've ever met in your life, and that includes preachers on television. Because they don't know what I just said. Have no idea what I just said. Never dawned on their brain. This is why we're going to study him. Because him is important. Jesus gave you the most awesome gift that you could ever get life and to be full of God the Holy Ghost. You're a walking, talking atom bomb. There ain't a superhero on the movies that can trump you. Well, if the church ever got that day, well, I'm a superhero. You better believe it, baby. Ephesians 4, he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers 
for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body, until we come to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, and to a mature man and the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. Everything the Holy Ghost is doing in you is to make you look exactly like Jesus, this side of heaven. Now, I'm going to say something else. Y'all hold on to your hats. Nothing's going to change when you die. You have already arrived now. You're not going to be more righteous, more holy, or more full of God on the millennial reign than you are now. You just won't have to put up with the devil, and you won't have to put up with stupid people. But, 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 but your righteousness, you have, you have already arrived now. The church is completely ignorant, and they're not growing in God. God's working in you because the world needs to see Jesus, and the only way they're going to see Jesus is in the church. And up until now, they have not been very impressed with us at all. If you want to know what the whole story of Samson's about, it's the church. Walked in power, lost the power because of consecration. His hair had nothing to do with the length of his hair. He was a Nazarene. A Nazarene was a man that made a vow to God to consecrate himself totally to God. It wasn't because he was messing around with the chick. The church has sinned before. But when he walked away from his consecration to God, he lost his power. And he couldn't, he was a normal man until the last day of his life. That's how we know the church will have a last day. Yeah, that's exciting. And y'all just look at me. I'm going to try that one more time. And it won't be because of some preacher putting together a program. It'll be because the church steps out full of the Holy Ghost. When you start walking through the mall full of God, there's going to be a move of God. You don't have to advertise any more than Jesus did. You don't have to advertise. See, see, when the, there's a difference in Peter, Peter was full of God. Moses had God on him. Peter was full of God. So when Peter just went down the street, People were healed just being around him because he was full of God. The church, and we're going to talk about leaking in a minute. Because people don't believe that Christians leak, but you leak. Okay, never mind. I just. I, I'm... All right. In the Old Testament, all the way from Genesis up until John 20, we were looking at the Redeemer. But after John 20, all the way through Acts and the Epistles, we're looking at the redemption. You are not the same as Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are Old Testament books. Oh, you're crazy, Pastor. No, no one was born again until Jesus rose from the dead. 
He was an Old Testament prophet ministering to the Jews under the Old Testament. He is the Redeemer. But when he rose from the dead, he became our redemption. And we are the redeemed. So the books, the epistles, the book of Acts is for us. The book of Romans is for us. The book of Ephesians is for us. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are not for you. They show you Jesus prior to him dying. But they didn't have a clue why he came. He kept telling them, I'm going to die. And they didn't get it. But once he died and took your place, washed you in the blood, made you a brand new creation that had never existed before in the history of mankind. Adam was the first son of God. Jesus was the next son of God. And you also have been made sons of God. Amen. The Old Testament were servants. We're not servants, we're sons. Amen. The church doesn't know this and they're still fighting all of their battles from an Old Testament trying to get God to come down and do something he came, he came down and lived inside of you and you are the temple of almighty God you can't get any more down than that I mean, you start telling people. People said, you go to church? I said, I am. And they go, no, I am. I said, no, I am. I am the church. We're having an argument. I was having a discussion with the seven-day Adventist. Wonderful people. Wanted to argue about Sabbath. And I looked at him and I said, I am the Sabbath. He said, Morgan, you're crazy. I said, no, I'm right. You're wrong. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? How do you go to church? Listen, folks, God's not in this metal building. He is right now because you walked in, and he's leaving when you go home. You say, I went to church, and I felt the presence of the Lord. That's because you got your eyes on him, but you've been walking around with him all the time. You didn't need to come to church and hallelujah, You know, I'm going to Jerusalem, and you'd be surprised how many people get to Jerusalem and go, I just feel God. Honey. Never mind. Are y'all okay? I'm preaching my little baby heart out. And... Oh, glory to God. Acts 2 4. Uh, I'm going to go through these fast, and I want y'all to get this because what I'm about to say is also going to hair lip Bear Creek. But it'll, if you listen, I'll help you. Okay, Acts 2.4. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with tongues. The Spirit gave them Are they filled with the Holy Ghost? Yes. yes. Then look at Acts 4.31. Would you please, would you look at Acts 4.31? It says in this, it says, As they prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken, and they were all what? Filled with the Holy Ghost. What happened? Did they get filled again? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Now, I'm going to make a statement to you. 
God is the only self-sufficient battery on the earth. Everyone else has to have a charger. You need a charger. Are y'all understanding what I just said? And listen to me. You ain't charged just because you was. You are leaking. I say I was filled with the Holy Ghost back in 1947. Well, a month later, you was empty. Unless you went back to the same altar and spent some time with God. And are y'all listening? Are y'all even here? Come on. And we're talking about, I was, I'm going to tell you, I'm a spirit-filled Christian. I'm a spirit-filled Christian. Shut up and get out of my way, you ugly thing. No, you're not. You was, but you ain't now, you ugly thing. I can tell by the way you act and you in the flesh. You ain't in the spirit. You was in the fear last week, but you ain't in the spirit this week. Come on, I'm going to show you one more. Y'all ready? All right, 1352, Acts 13.52. Go over there. Come on, it's all through there. It's all through the book of Acts. And the disciples were all filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Well, they, I guess, I guess they, I thought they got it the first time, but apparently they didn't. They had to get it another time. All right, now go, go now. Are y'all okay? Okay. Ephesians 5. Now, I'm, I'm going to read something to you. Tell me you're tell me you're having you're okay because I'm, I'm 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 Smith Wigglesworth said God has has put us in a place where it expects us to have the latest revelation the revelation of the marvelous fact that Christ lives in you and what it really means you can only understand Christ fully only as you are filled to overflowing with the Spirit of God, your only safeguard from dropping back into your natural minds from which you can never get anything from God is to be filled and filled again with the Spirit of God so he can take you to new visions and revelations. Not interested in last month's walk. Not interested in last year's meeting you went to. Not interested in what you did with God two years ago. I want to know what you did this week. What did you do today? Are you full of God right now? Because if you're not spending time with him, if you're not, there, there, now we have a built-in charger. But beloved, come on, somebody help me quote it. Building yourself up, building yourself up, building yourself up. Come on, building yourself up, building yourself up. Why? Because you're leaking, you're leaking. If you're not praying, listen, just don't get mad at me. Christians who do not speak in tongues don't know God. They're born again. They don't know God from a wall. You can't know God. The Holy Ghost is the teacher. You cannot live a holy life unless you're filled with the Holy Ghost. That's why his name's Holy, if he ain't in there and you ain't praying in tongues, you're just dead. You're just sitting around out of your ignorant brain. 
wake up in the morning, go to work, come home, go to bed, get up, go to work, get up, go to bed, get up, go to work, eat some dinner, go to bed, go to bed, get up, go to work, go to bed. Go to church sometimes and sit there and go, what did he preaching on? I didn't understand a thing he said. And you ought to be up here looking at you. I'm telling you the truth. The church in America ain't doing too good. But yet you have a Holy Ghost meeting. Well, Pastor, I'm going to tell you right now, where we're busy, I can tell by looking at some Christians that go to this church, there is nothing more important on your agenda right now and get full of God. There's a word, we don't use it anymore. I mean, God forbid we ever mentioned it from the pulpit in America today. Backslider. God, I mean, you just might as well just, Pastor, you just aren't up with the times. Apparently not. Jesus has some real strong words for lukewarm Christians. And he was talking to a church. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry I'm in that mood. I just get this way. You know, you have to preach drunk because you wouldn't do this if you weren't drunk. <laughs> Ephesians 5.18. Let's read 15. See then that you walk circumspectly. Not like a fool, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. I don't know whether y'all noticed that or not. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. In the word, the literal Greek is to be being filled. It's a constant there's a word. Let me help y'all with Greek for a minute because I don't, I don't speak Greek and I don't know Greek, but I know enough about it to help you. When you say, I'm going to go uh, to the catfish house, we all understand that means you're going, you're stopping, you're eating, you're coming home. It's a one-time thing. It doesn't mean you're moving in, right? There's another word, I married Lisa. Everybody knows that when I use that phraseology that it wasn't one day. It was then and continuing. The Greek here is be being married. Be being filled. Not be filled. Be being filled. It's a constant filling of the Holy Ghost. And I don't know how to explain it. It doesn't bring it out in the, in the English, but that's what it says. Speaking to, to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father and the Lamb of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another. Go to Jude again. I want you to see this even though you think you know it. I want to read it again. Jude chapter 1 verse 20. Just go over there even though y'all are super duper smart. Okay. But beloved, build yourself up on your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Impossible to stay built up without praying in tongues. Impossible. 
possible. Let me say something right now, and I don't want to make anybody mad, but I might. At no point in your Bible did it ever suggest that you being filled with the Holy Ghost was an option. There is nothing in your Bible to even lend the idea that you were to opt out. Well, we don't believe that. Why don't we? And who is we? Because you don't, because you don't obey God is why you don't believe that. The church is, that's called rebellion. I, 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 that doesn't float real well. Because it, it stems from selfishness. The reason you're filled with the Holy Ghost is so you can live for God. So apparently somebody don't really want to live for God. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? That, that's why we have a great division in churches. Every denomination... And I can take you in church history, and I can prove to you that the Baptist denomination in the United States of America began its revivals speaking in tongues. Cane Ridge Revival was Baptist. And, and the people were falling out of, out of wagons, speaking in tongues, rolling and laughing and drunk in the Holy Ghost. And Wesley, in Wesley Methodist meetings, the, the, the preachers would tell the people, don't get up in the trees when I start preaching because you're going to fall out in the power. People, people would, uh, cowboys, Wesleyan cowboys would go into bars and saloons and preach. And while they were preaching, people would start, boom, boom, boom. They would fall out in the power while they were preaching. Get drunk in the Holy Ghost. Every, every revival that's ever been on this earth since Jesus came started off the same. But man killed it. People killed it. That dead church downtown with five elderly people in it. It's not a church. It's a museum to a move that happened one time. Don't get mad at me. And this one will die too if you don't get full of God. God's not even remotely interested in, in what you did. How are we doing for time? All right. I'm going to read something from John G. Lake's book. John G. Lake went to Africa. John G. Lake, I'm not even going to explain John G. Lake to you. You're just going to have to get his books and read them. Went to Africa and started 500 churches. Came home, started a church in Washington. Now he's moved to Portland, Oregon. He's an older man. He started healing houses there. Had a mighty ministry of healing that God used him mightily. He had a vision while he was in Portland, and he wrote it in this book. And, it, and I have read this over and over and over and over in my life. This has ministered to me so much. I'm just going to read it to you. It's like, it's like about one and a half pages long. So don't just enjoy yourself. Pretend like you're in grade school. It's, now, this is the way it's written. In May 1920, Reverend Lake moved to Portland to start and oversee another apostolic church. During this time, he had the following vision. It starts off he. He could not sleep, so he walked in the shadows of the tall trees in Mount Tabor Park. Through the park, there's a footpath coming down through the trees that leads out into the street where we live. 
In my vision, I was seemingly out in the street in the, at the foot of the footpath. And as I looked up in the park, I was attracted by a brilliant light far up in the park. It was moving very slowly, coming down the pathway to the street. I stood somewhat surprised. I supposed it was some nightman on duty in the park, probably searching for someone or something. As it approached, I discovered that instead it was an angel presence, and its brilliance was illuminating, was surrounding him. He stood a few feet from me, and he said, I have come to answer your prayers. Come with me. Three wreaths, black, pink, and white. He dropped one in San Francisco. He dropped one in Honolulu. And he said, through great suffering and much tribulation, these have conquered. China. A man, a European, was lying on the ground close by as lay his wife. On one side, her boy of about seven or eight. On the other side, a girl about 10 or 12. Turning to me, the angel said, these have given their all for the Lord and his kingdom. He took a white wreath. He held it in his hands. Tears fell on the reef, and each tear turned into a diamond, and it was covered by sparkling diamonds. He dropped the wreath, and it lit by the head of the dead missionary. The Trans-Siberian Railway to Moscow and Petrograd, he explained the state of suffering. Now, remember, this is 100 years ago, Russia, 100 years ago. Under Soviet rule, some, some scenes were so pitiable that my own soul was moved to tears. He said, the dragon, the great red dragon, the hater of Jesus, the enthroner of the human beast, he shall come to his end and none shall help. He wanted to ask about Africa, but he was restrained by the demeanor of the angel. Only limited questions were permitted, and some he did not consider worthy of an answer. Johannesburg, South Africa. The heart of Jesus was once gladdened here through the glory, the grace, and the power of God manifested here. But human pride, formalism, lack of faith have brought disappointment to the heart of him we love. But the glory will return and the tried and true. Those who have suffered and labored and prayed will be rewarded. But all self-seekers will be dethroned. He's talking about Christians. All self-seekers will be dethroned. India. He could comprehend the soul struggle of certain elements, the angel said. The present struggle is not a struggle to attain a knowledge of Jesus or to know his salvation. It is rather an endeavor to enthrone the heathen ideal of human efficiency. Palestine. He was made conscious of the enmity between the Jews and the Arabs. And the angel said, the kingdom must first be in the hearts of men. Portland. The church in Portland. To my amazement, on approaching the building high in the atmosphere, a half a mile or more, I discerned millions of demons organized as a modern army. There were those who apparently acted as shock troops. They would charge with great ferocity, followed by a wave and yet another wave and yet another wave. After a little while, I observed there was an operating a resisting influence that constituted a barrier which they could not force themselves with all the ingenuity of humans at war, the multitude of demons seemed to endeavor to break the barrier and go farther, but they were utterly restrained. In amazement, I said to the angel, what does it mean? He said to me, such is the care of God for those who strive in unselfishness for his best. I discerned the heart of the angel was overburdened in answer to, the, to this. The angel said, human selfishness and human pride have consumed and dissipated the very glory and heavenly power God once gave from heaven to this movement you have beheld. Every church that starts off in power, when people get selfish and strife begins, it will kill the move of God. This church 
had a great move of God at one time. Is it okay to believe one to come back? You're going to have to get with me then, and you're going to have to learn a new word. You're going to have to learn to walk unselfishly in holiness. God's not putting up with your humanity and, and our selfishness. Do you understand that? He's not coming into a church while there's disrespect. He's not going to do it. When he, listen, I'm going to make a statement to you, and this, will, this may mess your life up. I hope it does. Communion, uh, the communion cup was designed by the Lord Jesus Christ for you to take the wafer and the blood and lay your life down unto death. That's what communion is. It's not a cracker and a grape juice. It's not about what Jesus did for you. It's about you following him in his example of life and death. Did you, un- did you know that? That's, again, that's called holiness. The, the church in America is not going to go. I, I, I don't think the church is going to change in America until all hell breaks loose and you lose everything you're putting your faith in. And all that's left is God. You'll see a move of God. But right now, the distractions are astronomical. The American way is not Christian. Are y'all ready? I want to read one more half a page. And listen, listen to this very carefully. Right now we were at the footpath and he took a step or two and in a sort of a despair my heart cried. Angel, these are struggling for want of an ideal. What constitutes real Pentecost? What ideal should be held before the minds of men as the will of God exhibited through a movement like this? During all this time, I carried my Bible in my hand, and I, he reached for it, and he opened up to the book of Acts. He ran his finger down the second page, the portion where the Spirit came from heaven. He proceeded through the book of Acts to its great outpourings of revelation and phenomenon, and he said, This is Pentecost as God gave it through the heart of Jesus. Strive for this. Contend for this. Teach the people to pray for this. For this and this alone will meet the necessity of the human heart. And this alone will have the power to overcome the forces of darkness. And the angel was departing. He said to me, pray, pray, pray. Teach the people to pray. For prayer and prayer alone, much prayer, persistent prayer, is the door of the entrance into the heart of God. White, the white wreath is for God's best. The pink is second best. And black is for all those who have failed in their fight. Do you understand why I read that over and over? That's powerful. That's a powerful message to the church. Well, we got about mm, 20 minutes. We're doing good. All right, I want you to listen. I'm going to go through some scriptures here, and I want you to pay attention to this. And I'm, 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 I'm winding down a little bit. Go to John 16, 13, and I'm going to read the scriptures one at a time. And, and I'm going to do this because I want you to see something that you've probably never seen before. John 16, 13. 
However, when he, the Spirit of God, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own authority or whatever he speaks. Here's he'll speak and he'll tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will take what's mine and show it to you. Without the Holy Ghost, you cannot understand redemption. One more time. When you get around people and you're saying, well, we go to this church, we learn about it. They're going, what? Okay. Don't try to explain what you're learning. They, they wouldn't get it if they were sitting in the room right now. Judas didn't get it sitting with Jesus. Imagine walking with Jesus and you don't get it. I don't, I don't get this. The only way for you to go into Revelation, the reason that there are Christians right now, and even people who come to this church, and what I'm preaching befuddles them because their heart is not right and they're not full of God. You've got to have your heart right to stay full of God. Do you understand that? To be full of the Holy Ghost takes humility. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will lift you up. All right? Without the Holy Ghost. Now, everything John G. Lake preached, everything Smith preached, every person now, you, I'm going to tell you, if you go into church history, Wesley, Billy Graham, you show me a man that rocked the planet with the word of God, and I'll show you a man that was full of the Holy, Holy Ghost and spoken tongues. Every one of them. You say, well, Wesley, that's Methodist. The Methodists were the original holiness I don't know whether y'all understand that. And so out, the, the Pentecostals today are really tongue-talking Methodist. I don't know whether y'all even know that. The Methodist church was the holiness movement in America. And then on the, in Azusa Street, they got filled with the Holy Ghost. And so that's where the Assemblies of God and the Church of God came from. Now, the Assemblies of God and the Church of God are backslidden. Because what they used to have services like, you won't walk in an assembly of God church right now and see a move of God like you did in the 50s. They called them holy rollers and they got tired of being branded as hicks. And they wanted to be like everyone else and they are. And the miracles ended. All right, one more. You ready? Ephesians 6.10. Get ready for this. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God so that you're able to stand against all the wiles of the devil. Do you see people struggling with sin? Do you know why? It isn't because they do or don't believe in Jesus. Because many of them will stand there and look you right in the eye and say, I'm a Christian. And yet, they're living in lust. They're living in adultery. They're living in known sin. Why? Because you cannot live holy without being full of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to show it to you. I'm going to show it to you. It's right. I'm going to read it. So you don't walk out here and say, I said. I didn't say it. Uh, uh, um, All of this is about prayer. Every bit of this is about put on the whole armor of God so you stands against wiles of the devil. You're not wrestling flesh and blood. That means the devil's tempting you. He's coming at you. You got deals with the devil. The devil. All right, verse 17, take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, praying always with all prayer and supplication in what? A little louder. In the spirit. spirit. Being watchful therein. 
How are you going to deal? How are you going to put on the whole armor of God if you're not even filled with the Holy Ghost? You're not. You're not. You know what amazes me is you get people who, when they first get, come to this church, get filled with the Holy Ghost. You know the first revelation they all get? I've been made the righteousness of God. I, I, I have a stupid question. The whole book of Romans, the whole book of Romans, teaches that you've been made righteous. How can you go to seminary and not know that? That's called stupid. You went to seminary and you left and you did not know that the book of Romans taught you that you're righteous. That is Dick Jane Sally. That is first grade. One more time. Paul taught righteousness does not come from works. It comes by grace. The whole book of Romans, the book of Galatians, half the book of Ephesians is about righteousness. Never mind. And people go, I've been in church all my life and didn't hear that. It's just scary. That is a foundational teaching in Christianity. It is first grade. Isn't that amazing? Never mind. Romans 5.5. 5. Go there. I'm going to show you another one. How many of you have ever had trouble with your love walk? Other than Lisa. And Mike, and me, and Tim Abfall. And I'll tell you the secret. I'm fixing to show you the secret to it. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in your heart by what? There ain't one way to stay full of the love of God so that you're nice to be around. To be filled with the Holy Ghost and stay full of God. When you're full of God, you're nice. Someone takes you off and you go, oh, praise the Lord. But when you're not full of the Holy Ghost, that's not what you say. I will rip your head off and spit in a hole. Am I the only one in here that ever, ever had a day and you're like, I think I need to go do some praying. All right. Listen, this is a massive. I just taught you something. How important do you think this is? This is muy importante. Very important. I'm going to show you how important it is in just a minute. Wow. Romans 8, 26. Go over there, please. Just turn the page. Likewise, the Spirit helps us with our weaknesses. You do not know what you should pray for as you ought, but the Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. That's, he helps you pray. Now, let's look at this one. 8, 14 is what I really wanted, and I didn't write that down. Okay, but anyway, Romans 8. This many as are led by the Spirit of God as sons of God. You cannot know the will of God for your life without being full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You're just going to, you're going to, I'm going to get up, went to work, and I went home, ate dinner, and went to bed. That's, that's where that's coming from. People living and dying and never getting into the will of God, they have a call, there's something God wants them to do, and they have no idea what it is. You cannot 
be led by the Spirit of God unless you're full of the Spirit of God. Remember the people, remember the guys that went down and, and they went and they left, um, Jesus rose from the dead and they went down the road and to, on the road to Emmaus and Jesus went and got them. They, they were one of the 12 and they left. They're led. You remember when Peter says, I'm going fishing? He, he he's not going out to catch fish. He's going back to fishing as a way of life. And Jesus met him out there and said, feed my sheep. Got him back on track. Listen, if you do not get full of the Holy Ghost, you will get off track. I just read it. You want another one? Romans 12, 11. This is good. I'm enjoying myself. It's getting quiet in this church, but it's okay. It's okay. Not lagging in diligence, but fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Being a Christian is impossible and very difficult. Now, I'm going to tell you how you know this. Just don't get mad at me. Don't get mad throw anything at me. Pastor, you just don't know. I, I, I mean, it's just I've been serving the Lord, and, and, and I, quite frankly, I'm burnt out. No, you are serving him in your flesh. You are trying to be a Christian in your flesh. Did it ever dawn on you that maybe it wouldn't be so hard if Jesus was living his life through you? Didn't that what Paul said? I was crucified with Christ, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I'm now living, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Don't you think it's very different when Jesus is in me living the Christian life rather than Daryl trying to be a pastor? That's why you need a vacation from church. Because you're not full of God. I'll tell you what, if I take one more, I'm going to have to, I got, I got to go to the beach. God, I got to go to the beach. That's just a lukewarm Christian. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Now watch these girls that are full of God. They don't know that they're doing things they're all of their enthusiasm and all of their energy they're displaying is God in them. But if they backslide, you won't see them in church again. Because Christianity will become laborious. How long is that service? God, they, are half, they, have, they have an hour and a half service. I can't believe they go that long. You get someone full of the Holy Ghost and they're mad if you shut down after two hours. You go down to Rodney Howard Brown's meetings and they're four hours long, five hours long, and you're all going, I don't think I could ever go down there and be in one of them meetings. Well, you were if you were walking with God. Because you're going be, to be Israel in, he in heaven. <laughs> Not really. Romans 14, 17, go there. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in what? There is no sense of righteousness, there is no peace, and there is no joy in your life until you're full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. 
you have, and that's why you trade it for happy. Yeah. I got to be happy. All right. If you've lost your joy, find an altar. All right. Book of Ephesians. Chapter 3. Tell me when you're ready. For this cause I bow my knee to the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, in whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you and I, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his what? Thank you, Lisa. By his spirit in our inner man. Why would that be important? That Christ would dwell in your heart by faith and you would be rooted and grounded in love. Impossible without being filled with the spirit. That you may be able to comprehend, that means understand, with all the saints, the breadth, length, depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ that passes what? Knowledge. Knowledge. This is not something you can learn in a textbook. You're going to get a revelation of it because you walk with God or you will never have a revelation of the love of God for you. You will never have a revelation of the love of God for you because you will never trust him until you know he loves you. And you'll never know it until you're filled with the Spirit. That you would know the love of Christ that passes knowledge and that you might be filled with all of the fullness of God. Now look at the next statement. To him that's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you ask or think. Does that sound like a prayer life to you? Yeah, you, you have exceeding, above would be great, but abundantly above is greater. That means whatever you're praying about, you would just like it to be above. If I could just get above this, but God don't take you above. He takes you abundantly above. Oh, but then he don't stop at abundantly above. He goes exceeding abundantly above. Let me help you with that. You need $10, so he gives you a million. You needed redemption, so he gave you his life and his righteousness. He blew you away. According to his power in heaven. I ain't moving till someone corrects me. Where? Where? Oh, I, I thought God was coming down. He did. One more time. Him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything you could ask or think according to the power that works where? Yeah. 
All right, would y'all like to get that working? How do you think you're going to get it working? Come on, y'all. All I want out of this church is just one on fire for God, Christians. That's all I want. I just, out of 300 people, just give me one on fire for God. Amen. We'll turn the whole city upside down. And if we had two, Two, if we had two, if we had a Peter and a Paul, <laughs> if we had three, our God, we'd take Daytona Beach too. All right. Everything in your life you're dealing with, you won't fix it. You have no ability to fix it. You're going to go through the dun the dun the dun the dun until the day the church goes I think it's time because your flesh listen flesh does not like my sermon carnal carnality don't like this kind of preaching because I just threw back on you when we Get full of the Spirit. And I'm not talking about just a little tongues here. I'm talking about we come in and you start spending time in the presence of God, worshiping God, and prayed up. You're gonna, listen, I've been in services. Lisa and I were at Rodney Howard Brown's meetings down in Lakeland. And the power of God was so strong in that building. I started dancing in the Holy Ghost, not, not in the flesh. I didn't even get tired for 10 straight minutes, and I danced with all of my might. And when I did, we were there when the angels started singing. Where anybody was in the meetings when the angels sang, Lisa was. You would stop, and I looked around the room to see who was singing. I looked at everybody's faces, and nobody's mouth was moving within 50 yards of me. And you heard this. It was the most beautiful male choir you ever heard in your entire life. And that building was full of the glory of God. People were being healed all over the building. Eyeballs opening, ears opening, bodies being straightened out. And nobody was doing anything. They were just worshiping God. I wonder if we ever had a church service like that right there. You have to want it. It ain't happening until the church wants this. Now, I told you we're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are only an outflow of being filled with the Spirit. That's all that it is. When you're out, prayed up, led by the Spirit, walking in love, you're going to have the gifts of the Spirit popping around you, but it won't get in your head because you're going to be humble. you got to be humble to be filled with the Spirit. 
And if you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, so when he starts talking through you, ministering through you, giving words of knowledge, tongues and interpretation, you don't sit there and go, look at me, look at me, look at me. Because you can't get in the presence of God, look at me, look at me. Are y'all getting this? That's why, you, that's why you don't see them in Pentecostal churches anymore. Wow. Are y'all okay? Y'all want, y'all want to move a God? Yes. Do you really? Yes. Okay. I'm game. I'm, I'm pressing for this thing hard, guys. I worked all week on this sermon. All week long. I, 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 I got notes. Anyway. I hope you understand that. I've had times in my life where I've seen a, 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 a man I have seen God move. And I've seen times he didn't. I, I did not understand the disconnect. But there's a scripture. Don't grieve the spirit of God. You, and I, I didn't know I was grieving him. I mean, I'm not, I'm not beating this up. There's times we come in and it, and we have a we it's my church we have an agenda and he don't show up are y'all okay and when he does when the holy ghost starts moving don't sit there Can I scare you a little bit? He moves, and you got sin in your life, you're going to drop dead in church. The lack of moving is for your benefit. Because he shows up in his glory, and you sit there in rebellion, we're going to carry you out. I know that's, that's not even believed anymore. I'm not saying God killed you. He didn't. You're just going to sit around that much power without being clean. You're going to have a, oh, shoot, what happened to my husband? Well, take him home. All right. That's why God lifts. Because judgment only takes 20 years. to gives you a chance to change. He has to back away from you because his glory will kill you. I'm not scaring you, but I. It dissipates. It's got to dissipate because you just keep it down these lines. You go back and read the book, um, The Chinese Chill, not the Chinese, but Like a Mighty Wind. Power of God fell in a church on Sunday morning and prophecy came forward and said this man in the church is in adultery. And the power of God was strong in the church that morning. I mean, we're talking about a move, a real strong move of God. And a, and, a tongues, and a tongues and a prophecy came forth and said, there's adultery in your church. You want the gifts? You sure you want them? And so everybody in the church prayed, and the Lord showed them who it was. And they gave him 30 minutes to repent. At the last 60 seconds, the whole church started counting down. When they said zero, he died. You say, I want the gifts. You do? <laughs> Y'all got time for one more? Yeah. I have a friend 
that had a girlfriend. And he stopped dating her, and she didn't know why. He just cut her off. They were dating, and then one day he didn't call her, he didn't do nothing. Nothing. A few months later, she shows up to our church, and he shows up to our church. And we were having the people from South Africa here. And when they walked in, the Lord told me everything that was going on in their lives. And I turned to him and I said, brother, bring your wife up here. My wife looked at me and said, oh, my God, my husband dismissed God bad. And he's, he's over there in the back and she's over here. She hadn't seen him in months and he hadn't seen her in months. And God was mad at him bad. This church. I said, get your wife and come up here in the front. He hollered at me and said, I don't have a wife. I said, shut up and get your wife and come up here in the front. Now, when you step in the office of a prophet, don't sit there and argue with them. I said, get your wife and come up here. Finally, after I was persuaded, he walked over there, grabbed her, and walked up in the front real timidly. And I prophesied over him and her about the fact that God didn't appreciate the way he was handling this. And he was afraid to get married. How would he take care of her? Well, if he's trusting God... But you don't just cut it off with God's daughter. That just ticked God off. And, and everybody in the building heard it. And they're married today and have children. And he looks at me sometimes and he looks at his kids and says, see that guy right there? That's why you're here. I could tell you all more. We're way out of time. You get in the presence of God, it's the most beautiful thing. That's Y'all are wanting the signs and wonders. You want the healings. You want all the blessings. But what you want is God. And you can't have, the, you can't have God without the holiness. You're going to have to have the consecration. Do you understand that? You're going to have to have that. And, and really what you're asking for, and go back and read Benny Hinn's book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. Because he developed a relationship with the Holy Ghost is where his ministry came from. That's the Holy Ghost on the stage, not Benny Hinn. That's, that's the Holy Ghost doing the works of Jesus. Anybody ready for a move of God? Yes. Don't be scared, just repent. Father God, I took the message I, 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 from, I believe from your heart. This is a message, sir, not just for this church, but the, for the body of Christ as a whole. Your church in America today has got to return to the Word of God. Just like Samson. We've got to return back to the commandment, don't leave Jerusalem until you're in due with power. We've got to return back to the commandment to be being filled. We've got to return back to the commandment, go into all the world, and these signs follow those that believe in my name. They cast out devils. They raise the dead. They heal the sick. They speak in tongues. We've got to return, Heavenly Father, to the commandment from the head of the church. You never gave us the option to change that. You never told us we were allowed to change Mark 16. Nowhere did you tell us that that was an option. It isn't. Because we can't change the soul of a man only you can. 
We cannot cause people to come out of darkness into light. Only you can. We cannot heal their bodies. We cannot save their souls from hell. Only you can. But you want to do it through us. And in order to do that, we're going to have to submit and get full of you. And it'll be you. Just like you worked through Paul. Just like you worked through Peter. And just like you worked through Jesus. You desire to work through us, your church. And it's time for us to hunger. It's time for us to, to seek it like the angel said. Pray, pray, pray. Contend for the move of God. Contend for the moving of the Holy Ghost. Because there is no other way to turn this nation around without a move of the Spirit of the living God. And so be it. Lord Jesus, so be it, Heavenly Father. Father, I separate myself to you tonight in front of this church. To be filled with the Holy Ghost and to stay filled. To do whatever it takes to make sure that I've spent my time in, in your presence so that I'm not walking up here in this pulpit with just what I want to say. But like tonight, I come in here full of the Holy Ghost with something to say from heaven, not something to say from earth. And Father God, I pray that this church would follow us that we would be one of the churches and that, 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 that Mary Fran has prophesied and people have prophesied. There will be fires that will start around the earth. They will start around the United States. There will be places that the people will be so full of the Holy Ghost that there will be signs and wonders and miracles springing up out of those churches. We'll learn to walk in compassion. We'll learn to minister to the sick and the lost. But we will not do that in our flesh. We'll only do that with your help. So we ask this, sir, tonight in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that everybody in the sound of my voice would understand the heart of what I preach tonight. It's not that our church is better than anyone else's church. It certainly is not so. We've had our faults just as, just as any, other, any, any other church has had. I've had my faults as a minister just as any other minister has. But there's no reason to stay that way. It's time to turn around and press forward. To be full of the Spirit of God. And we give you glory for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.